I love about you. My decade in radio by Polly James. Welcome back to the tenth. Pete, are you ready? <laughs> Sorry. Someone was asking me for a thing and I needed to give what, it to them. Who are you, who are you, who are you tweeting? Who are you tweeting? Who are you messaging? I'm just testing a lady if I can... Oh, oh, come on now. Right. Come back. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what, right? I was going to say, I had a n- lovely little introduction for the pair of Sorry. you, but I was going to say that you guys are like my besties when it comes to like radio <laughs> because you know too much about me. <laughs> like, to be honest, there is just no holes barred with us, is there, at all? Nope. Is this, um, we're not in yet, are we? Yeah, we're in now. No, I've just said <laughs> I've said licking It's your problem, I've said. I said I'm not editing this at all. This is going out <laughs> as it is. Um, so welcome back to the 10 Things I Love About You, my decade in radio podcast. This episode is all about live outside broadcasting in radio, and I've got the king and queen of live OBs from Absolute Radio, Sarah Champion and Pete Donaldson. Sarah, this is your first ever podcast, isn't it? I'm so excited. This is a first, yes. And this is, Pete, your 405th podcast this <laughs> week. I'm, I'm announcing my retirement from all podcasting now. <laughs> no, seriously, you guys have worked together on Live OBs on the Isle of Wight Festival, like, famously, for, like, how many years now? Because you were doing it when I was on air on Absolute. Mm. Yeah, six, I think. I think it was I my think first... This might be our seventh. Yeah. I was working for Absolute Radio for, like, two weeks, and they said... I wasn't oh. a confident performer. And then they said, do you want to go and do this thing? And I was like, yeah, all right. I'd never met Sarah before. I yeah. remember I remember that when you came in and I was like, you just come in here, right? <laughs> come in here. Come in here, taking all our jobs, <laughs> interviewing the Kings of Leon like that. From, this yeah. from the northeast. <laughs> um, yeah, no, because you were saying, weren't you, last night, Sarah, about mm. how... Um, how you met on the train. Yeah, I mean, mm. uh, the, the whole thing with kind of getting chemistry with a, with a co-host, <laughs> you, would happen, you would hope happens sort of quite naturally. Mm. Um, with us, it was like, right, you're doing the Isle of Wight Festival together. We'd never met. We met, I think, at the cash machine at Waterloo. Cash train machine at Waterloo. She was and coming down the escalators. Oh, it's romantic. <laughs> romantic, isn't it? No, I can imagine that it was lush because when I first came to Absolute, I was just like a little Welsh lost lamb and you like took me under your wing, to be fair. I don't have no idea why. And then Pete came in. Obviously, you had to meet him then at the Isle of Wight Festival and then oh. we kind of took him over to the dark side and yeah. we've just been like mates ever since. But, <laughs> yeah. um, but I right. think that's seven <clears throat> years ago, Pete, isn't it? Yeah, seven. probably is actually. Yeah. Oh, Cracking on anyway. Goodness. Can you remember? But back to that first time. I remember interviewing Chase and Status in the, the, what? the, the, absolute, the radio, absolute radio the absolute radio car artist. Uh, oh, they were in the like status. sweaty dance tent, were they? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was back when like uh, we used to interview everyone that kind of wanted an interview, and now yeah. I think we're a bit more selective about who we'll sort of have because like the interviews just don't go anywhere. Like, they'll get put up online, but like we don't really plug them because it's you know. Uh, we've like who's the lady who won X Factor who sang Hallelujah? That woman, oh, Alexandra Burke. Yeah, we've done her yeah. a couple of times, and it's like we don't need to do this anymore. I think Paul just went, yeah, we don't need to do any of this. It's just silly. Yeah. Um, right. So for people that are listening now and you have no idea what like live outside broadcasting is, it's basically when when you take a radio show, which is usually in a studio, oh. and you take it out to the field. So this doesn't necessarily mean you know like go into festivals, but it's that you guys obviously always go to the Isle of Wight and you're always put together but I do loads of uh, live OBs as we call them for rugby matches in Wales like it's right, a massive yeah, thing obviously like on Capital so we, we go down the pub and the reason why I love them is because 
anything can happen. Yeah. Mid-link, and then all of a sudden, you know, they score a try, and mm. then you get that amazing atmosphere, you get yeah. the cheers, you get the fans, and you're there, you know, these live OBs are because you're, you're bringing the audience there to experience it on front line, just like you guys. Mm. Mm. But with that comes the pitfalls as well of doing live OBs. What are the challenges that you face? And this, we've got a couple of questions that have come in from the uh, Student Radio Association mm. members, and I suppose, you know, they're going to get into radio uh, one of these days and they want to know what these challenges are. Mm. Well, I mean, Sarah's a much better presenter than me, <clears> so <throat> she's able to roll with the punches. I'm a bit like, oh, everything's gone wrong. <laughs> let's, Is let's, that, does that make let's... a good team, though? One who's quite serious and will, like, have everything, you know, on schedule, on a rotor, this is what we're doing, and then you sort yeah. of just I'm rock just up and you're like... I'm trying to derail everything that Sarah's... <laughs> just derail everything. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's, that, that's always been the, the, the thing, really, because yeah, I think yeah, cause Sarah dynamic. used to do it with Ben Jones a little bit, and I think he's a bit more professional. <laughs> Uh, Do you and, know what? And, and I'm there just to mess about. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, I, I literally just had to think what the first ever outside broadcast I did was. And I've remembered that it was at BBC Essex, which was the first station that I kind of went to and voluntarily like answered the phones mm. and just to get a feel for radio. And I just loved it from, from the mm. get-go. Um, we did an outside broadcast at Lakeside Shopping Centre because Monica Lewinsky was doing a book signing. What? <laughs> <laughs> nice. So Barely worth the wow. ISDN charges. <laughs> Barely worth yeah. the phone line. Yeah. Wow. But so, because, you know, doing sort of talking about Isle of Wight Festival and stuff, it all sounds very mm. rock and roll, but let's, yeah, yeah, lest yeah. we forget that all that sort of stuff goes on as well. Um, for me, doing, you know, I'm talking about Pete and I's first Isle of Wight Festival, the enduring memory for me was, I think it was the final night, and there's, there's this thing with the Isle of Wight. It's so much fun, but it's also exhausting, and you mm. do reach a point where you kind of, you're just sort of talking nonsense, but our headphones died. I don't know if you remember this, Pete. Yeah. It just sort of made this farting noise in both of our ears. <laughs> And the same time. And we couldn't hear any output or anything that was going on. So after this sort of weekend that had gone relatively well, considering yeah, was, we didn't know each other. I was constantly scared of messing everything up. And I, <laughs> oh, you know, no. We just had to finish in this most chaotic way of kind of going, I'm not sure what this is. Think it's the Kings of Leon. <laughs> Bye. And we just like took our headphones off and just laughed so much. But like you say, for me, that's what makes those festivals and any outside broadcast um so exciting is the fact that you do have to roll with the punches whatever happens you just have to go with it mm. and with the isle of wight for instance you can go as prepared as you as you like and you know have all your all your and interview a- questions written go and high stuff. budget don't they like they've got all these you know the, well, compa- I think the huge compared studios outside and you know mm. sort of moving yeah. over from uh, another radio station that was perhaps less well resourced uh, moving to absolute and also paul uh, who's the boss of uh, absolute radio and, and also he he I think he enjoys doing the Isle of Wight because he gets to produce again. Yeah, he, he used to produce. produce yeah, yeah. We're on about Paul Sylvester now, and mm. I know that a lot of student radio people know of him. Mm. But you Big can tell, like that's a, is, that's where his heart lies, isn't it? When he's with you guys and yeah. he's running well, around and he's like, you know, looking. Well, when I'm you like too. constantly like just trying to sneak off somewhere, have a sleep. <laughs> he's like he sort of boys us a little bit, and like, yeah, so yeah. He, he plans the show meticulously, and he's yeah. really sort of. So we don't necessarily have to think, so we can just kind of relax and kind of just mess about, and again try and derail the show at all the points. <laughs> Honestly, some of my favourite stories are involving producer Paul, like the mm. Liam Gallagher story, which is now famous for the Isle of Wight. But um, the year BDI played, 
I was saying, you, you, you know, you can go with all your interview questions written and be all prepared, but beforehand we'd been sort of divvied up who was interviewing who, mm. right? And Pete had been given Liam Gallagher. Right. Um, and it was the, the year that it absolutely tipped it down, didn't mm. it? And um, you were, I think, over the other side of the field interviewing Chase and Staten. <laughs> no, it was, it was Cas. <laughs> it was the band Cas, because I think on this, like, a lot of, like, I think it's a school next to the site. And I was on school grounds, basically interviewing cast in this <laughs> torrential downpour. Yeah. So that's another big challenge, isn't it, with these live OBs? You've got all the equipment and then the weather, mm. and well, especially the of white. Like, so, so uh, Liam Gallagher turns up in our porter cabin right. about sort of six inches from my face and goes <laughs> like that, and I was so I didn't know what to do or say, and I in my head I'm like. Pete's meant to be interviewing him, not me. I've not got any questions or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And our producer... Uh, Where was Paul? So Paul's, <laughs> Paul's outside. Tim says to me, you're going to have to do this because Pete's not here mm. and we only get a sort of limited time with the band. Yeah. So I have to go and interview BDI, as it were was at the time. Um, no questions prepared, no nothing. Um and I, I've watched that interview back and I can tell I'm so nervous. I'm sort of like doubled over, like sat in my chair like that. Um, Imagine if actually, the reverse was the situation though. Me going, yeah. to be honest, Liam, I've got a bloody clue what's going on here. But the best bit is when Liam walked out of the camper van and he has, you know, he's just got so much swagger. And producer Paul passed him. And I, I guess producer Paul must have realised that it all been a bit of a last minute. Uh, yeah. You know. And uh, <laughs> I think Liam Gallagher put out his hand to say like pleased to meet you or something oh no the other way around that's right that's it so i think liam went to do the fist bump right <laughs> uh paul then kind of goes to shake the fist bump oh, which no. is awkward straight oh, away yeah, yeah 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 and liam says easy and <laughs> paul doesn't know what to say back i think he thinks he's going to say nice but what he actually says is kneesy <laughs> so easy kneesy <laughs> is the, is the is like it, our is little... it like a nice and easy the hair chopper thing <laughs> I don't know. Easy, easy. Oh no! Oh, bless him. <laughs> but, like, he, so, yeah. but Paul, like he, you know, I did a sort of bump Paul up, but like, pump Paul up, pump Paul, pump Paul up, <laughs> pump him up, like pump him up. This is why I'm bad at this. <laughs> I've just, I've just eaten so much food. I'm tired. Um, <laughs> It like he gets up at like five in the morning and mm. starts working. We rock up at like midday. And we're like, right, where's our? Who do we interview first? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we just like, and then he goes to bed at two, wakes up at five. Like it's an exhausting weekend for us, but like mm. for the people who've got to be on, like fitting cables and making yeah, sure yeah. the ISDN lines are working, make sure everything's on. Like it's just a, it's it's not an, <laughs> it's not an easy. And also, task. also getting the timings right is yeah. so important because we are broadcasting live, and you know more often than not. Obviously, we, we, we bring you the main headline act. So mm. the year that it was Bon Jovi, we were told to just keep filling until Bon Jovi came yeah. on stage. Mm. And as we're like being told to fill, which is always quite difficult because you don't really know how much you've got, you know, how much time you have to fill. Um, Blondie came hurtling towards us in a golf buggy <laughs> and was suddenly sort of in with us. I'm suddenly sat mm. next to Debbie Harry. And I said to her, all oh, right, so, you know, what better way to kill time than with Blondie? And she gave me the proper stink eye, didn't she? <laughs> and I was like, oh my... We're going to pad just, with Blondie. We've yeah, got 30 yeah. seconds. I just, like, insulted one of my greatest icons. <laughs> um, and she gives me a right stink eye, and I get so much grief for it on YouTube, like, rightly no so. No way. Oh, do you <laughs> know what? I'll take it from the trolls on that occasion. But, um, yeah, because you are just sort of thinking, right, I've just got to keep talking. Yeah. I didn't think killing time was a necessarily insulting thing to say, but she clearly thought so. I think we won them round by the end of the interview. She gave me a nice handshake as yeah. we left. 
that's just yeah, amazing. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, exactly. So this must have been 2012. So I was so I was on air at midnight, I think, and right. you guys were just finishing off doing your last link mm. um, at the Isle of Wight Festival, and I was tech hopping, yeah. right? So I was back yeah, in the show because there's, there's so much stuff that goes on, isn't it, with yeah, these live oh, OBs? Because yeah. you're doing everything there, but mm. then everything has to come back to the, you know the studios, and then that obviously then goes out mm. um, to broadcast. Then, and I remember I was tech hopping you guys yeah. on the, the Kings of Leon a headline, and you want me to play out their main set live <laughs> uninterrupted. I thought no this pressure. is gonna, yeah. yeah, no pressure. But for some reason, there was this beautiful moment. I yeah. think it was just so lush. I had the live feed of Kings of Leon who were about to go on stage. So I had the live feed of the stage, and then I remember saying to you guys, Paul, Pete, Sarah, you've got like a minute, maybe, maybe two minutes to fill <laughs> until they're about to play. I was like, just say something, and then I'm just gonna fade at the stage. Yeah. It was incredible because I remember you going and. There we go. Thank you so much for joining us this entire weekend. Poll's up next, but, you know, now you've got like two hours of uh, live uninterrupted from the main stage, Kings of Leon on Absolute Radio, me gradually fading up the fader. (laughs) And I'm just like, ah. And then Caleb just comes in and you're like... Boom! <laughs> You're like, yes! Yeah. We've yeah, got there's, it! There's no better feeling moments. than that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, I, it I is always good. muff them up, but uh, Sarah usually hits it quite well. <laughs> I think, I, I, do you know, I do remember that one because I remember just getting that could not have gone any better. And, yeah. You know, from obviously just listening to it, you didn't, maybe you don't appreciate that we were all sort of going, oh, I hope this works out, I hope this works out. But I do remember, I think we did a high five. I think we really geeked out when that happened because we were like, oh, that was amazing. And the best thing about doing live OBs as well, and we, and we do it as well, like we'll have like a stint of doing the rugby OBs and so we'll have one like every week you know during the Six Nations right. and then at the end of our last link at the end of you know the, the six live shows it will be like it's like a triumph like we'll be jubilant we'll be like we've done it <laughs> we, that, like we haven't taken the show off air yeah, like, everything's yeah. okay but, but even even like so absolute again meticulous planning and, and when you get yeah, there yeah, you yeah. Kind of, everything's kind of set up you've got like your truck the, 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 the broadcast you've got a little desk you've got loads of engineers on hand uh, you've got seeing a printer in a in a place where <laughs> yeah. you know like three years in ago was just in a muddy field <laughs> yeah. like, how did this printer get here and how is it working it's so weird uh, and you know lo- eating loads of Percy pigs all day it's really nice and really good to see but like uh, coming from a different radio station I don't necessarily need to name it but I was at a radio station where we did an, an outside broadcast in um, at Rip Curl Boardmasters Festival yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and someone hadn't bothered to book an ISDN line because obviously these things have to be uh, installed mm. like months in advance months if not years in advance um, and it didn't get installed so we had to do everything over Skype so we had to broadcast over Skype via like the shoddy Wi-Fi, oh, no. and so what we did, we had three uh, kind of acoustic acts. Uh, so we recorded the acoustic acts, you know, mixed beautifully on site by uh, Chris, I think, and, and I'm kind of revealing who, which station this is now. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with Chris Denman, who yeah. works for someone, uh, <laughs> a mystery radio station, um, and uh, yeah. So every time we would upload the video, uh, the, the audio files up to the FTP to get played out on site. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our voices would slow down because oh, the Skype no. couldn't keep up. <laughs> so we were doing this whole thing where our voices were just all just going. I thought you were hungover. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a mess. Yeah, but the thing is, you say that though, but like the future of doing like live 
SOBs and things like that. And, you know, taking a radio show out into the field or taking it to an unusual place, mm. which is not in the studio, is like becoming so much easier now these well, days, isn't like, it? Because all you, all you need is what, like 4G. I 4G know. And like, radio shows can be done off 4G. Those, mm. those 4G things where they've got like these cards that have three or four different, um, 3G or 4G kind of um, SIM cards in them effectively. And if one network can't provide enough bandwidth, they go on to the next network. And yeah. They're pricey things, but like it's doable. You can, you can broadcast them pretty much everywhere now. It's fascinating. Mm. Would you prefer like to take your show out? Say if Paul turned around bedroom. and was like, yeah, <laughs> so I know what you mean. But like, We if... found asbestos in the walls, guys. <laughs> we can't use the studio. I <laughs> like being on air and I like having the cosy, relaxed environment of a studio. Mm. I think, and, and it is exciting to go out every now and again. It's a bit of a novelty, but I yeah. think if like my boss turned around and was like, right, every single week this year, we're going to go and broadcast from a different place. I'd be a bit like, oh. when I When I first started radio, I found outside broadcast. We did like the Dublin Guinness storehouse yeah. and stuff. I found those really exciting. By the third year doing it, you're like, oh, God, it's <laughs> a bit of an arse on, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We don't really, this is just... Oh, I'm pulling a pint again. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man's teaching me how to pull a pint. You taught me this last year, mate. <laughs> um, I don't want to turn this into a big geek fest, but this is I totally do true. Want to do you that. do? Yeah, I thought you would have. Let's talk about so bandwidth. I'm, ca- I'm counting on you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Um, how do you ensure you guys give outside broadcasts colour when involving the radio audience in what you. Because essentially, yeah. you're taking the radio show out there. Absolute radio spend thousands of pounds when they put an outside broadcast studio in. The, you know, in the muddy fields of the Isle of Wight Festival to ensure that the audience get that front row seat, to ensure mm. that they get backstage access if they're listening at home. But how mm. how do you as presenters then like bring that colour to you know to to the broadcast? So mm. I think this is twofold for me because um, <clears throat> first of all, I think I kind of have to say that I think live music being broadcast is is a bit marmite. You either love it or hate mm. it, right? And then some people. Um, uh, Unless you really love that band, mm. live music doesn't always, and I, I will just hand on heart say this, doesn't always translate brilliantly on air. However, if you do love that band, and uh, you know, we always make a big deal of you, you sort of we put you front row, yeah. and 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 we do. What's that? And we take you there. Is that yeah, it? we take you there yeah. exactly, <laughs> and. When you get that kind of roar of the crowd and you do get a band who can deliver live, and, I mean, a lot of the ones that, that, that have headlined Isle of Wight specifically really do, you know, the likes of The Killers, Kasabian, these bands are just phenomenal live. And so, yeah. of course, that translates. Um, but also, on the years that I haven't been at the Isle of Wight Festival, when I've been back in the studio tech-upping, sure. you kind of realise we make such a, you know, it's such a big thing for us, this Isle of Wight Festival, and we all go down and, say, and, and, we, and the build-up to it and stuff. But if you're not actually there... <laughs> It, it doesn't impact your life in the way that you think it does when you're yeah. so much a part of it. Mm. So for me, the key is to make it entertaining for people who aren't so wrapped up in it. Mm. We've done shows in the afternoon before where you're sort of thinking, well, not everybody is sort of, you know, really into this whole Isle of Wight bubble as we are. So how do we make this an entertaining show, regardless of the fact that we're, we're live at the Isle of Wight Festival? So we'll do a sort of... A texter about, okay, have you ever been banned from anywhere because the Isle of Wight Festival got banned by Parliament? And then you've got to make, you've got to make <laughs> yeah, it, sure. you've got to make it an entertaining show, regardless of the fact that you're in this bubble at the Isle of Wight Festival. And it all feels Isle of Wight, Isle of Wight, Isle of Wight. But for you know, if you're just doing your Saturday shop, yeah, no, <laughs> or, you're right. You know, just going about your life, yeah, you it's still the same want that with entertainment the, yeah. without, without without the kind of full on Isle of Wight thing. It's the same. You? It's the same with the rugby stuff, to be honest. You yeah. know, like on Capital, like it's not we're not like a big sports station you know but we sort of try and 
get the atmosphere and, and you yeah. know, it's all about the mm. fan reaction yeah. and that, that type of thing. But and, when, and when we get it right, I think when, when we nail it is, is when, and I've heard outside broadcasts and, and, and live uh, performances, and you do get that, that sound of the crowd, that kind of roar. It does give you goosebumps. Yeah. And that's when you know you've kind of got it right and the band come on stage and they say, good evening. And what's the, what's the famous Bon Jovi one that you uh, said? Was it uh, Sunday <laughs> night? On Absolute Radio, must yeah. be the Isle of Wight Festival. Yeah. <laughs> like he's got no he that every year. That strange voice. Must be the Isle of Wight Festival. That was that, that was the year that he was on stage for like three hours, wasn't it? <laughs> God, I know it was that one. He was quite, he was quite, he's quite terse on that one. He's quite quick. And um, what about you, Pete? How do you, how do you give a little bit of colour to your broadcast? <laughs> well, I, do, I like to bring like if you know Andy Bush is running around and stuff. Yeah. I want to talk about what he's doing. Uh, mention the producers. Mention the uh, engineering staff. And like everyone in together sort of and we're, it's like a trench isn't it like you talk oh Dave's just slipped over on some mud ha 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 Peter's doing a wee behind the porter cabin ha 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 and it's just little things like that and you know describe goddamn, just describe the goddamn sky you know what I mean the, the clouds are in the sky it's a beautiful day the flags yeah. are yeah. fluttering and just give a bit of colour because otherwise you could be anywhere really just mm. a bit yeah. of sound you know just a bit of sound effect uh, put a little bit of sound effect underneath you and you could be anywhere what about if you could improve anything about the way the radio industry does live outside broadcast? If you could wave a magic wand, because you guys are like the seasoned pros of doing live OBs, right? What would you change? <laughs> if you like, um, you know, face to face with Paul now, and he was like, "What, what you want? What Paul. Do you want out of me?" Uh, we want another hour in bed yes god yes that is the main thing that is the main it is full on for you guys it really is and the the problem is that you are by by the final uh, in the final furlong if you like you're so exhausted do you remember that time we just had to fill because we weren't sure if we were we couldn't cross back to the studio oh yeah we weren't sure whether on and we were just talking for like three minutes we didn't know whether we're on air or not (laughs) we were talking all over like Chris Martin back in the studio he was like yeah, we can, we can hear you, but we couldn't hear him. So no, and right. sometimes with all nonsense. this technology, someone just has to be like, well, we, we can't figure out whether we're on air. Check the app on your mobile phone. Yeah, yeah, Start exactly. listening on your mobile phone. <laughs> you like, like, just like <laughs> the lights going out, you know, being oh, huddled, yeah, huddled into, the, into the tent with like, um, you know, people with their mobile phone um, lights on, just trying to... You know, a couple of torches as we were sort of dealing with the yeah, fact that we, we just lost power. Broadcasting by candlelight. What? what? <laughs> very, very yeah, Colin, romantic. tell us some um, disaster stories. I fell in some sewage when I was in Kenya last year. When oh, I was God. doing an OB there. It wasn't a live OB, it was pre-recorded OB, but it was still... Why was you in Kenya? I was in Kisumu for a, a charity called Practical Action. I was trying to think, have I, have I muddied my boots at the Isle of Wight I think, I did... I did fall in human waste. I mean, that as it, as it goes to all bees, I think that's a pretty good, it's a pretty good uh, benchmark. A, yeah. a man that's why I love like, OBs because you just never know what's going to happen. Well, exactly. You in your tidy pub with, the, with looking at rugby players' shots. I'm dealing with human excrement. <laughs> But that's lovely, though. Isn't that, like, what you want to happen? Aren't you just, like, jackpot? We just got, like, gold for, like, for the live OB. Yeah. It's like, put it in the promo. It's perfect. Yeah. Peach just falling in. Is that, is that a clip where the, where the kids are chasing you? The kids are chasing that. me. And oh, stop the, it. It's so good. I'll have to say it. I'll have to say it. It's so good. What about, like, you know, on site at festivals? 
And with gas, because yeah, well, they're coming I, and going all yeah, the time. They always seem more up for it, though, and the, the, rather than a normal interview. I think it, it, at festivals, yeah, they seem, it's so much easier to interview, I think, at festivals, definitely. because they're just a bit more... They, they can feel the buzz as well. They're excited. They're about to go on stage, or they yeah. just come off, yeah. off stage, they're buzzing. For my money, and you'll know this, Paul, nine times out of ten, it's the people that are buzzing around them, the actual artists mm. themselves, the people kind of telling you, you've got two minutes, no more, no yeah. less, with Pharrell, yeah. just get it, like that. And it's just such a sort of faff, and you kind of go, OK, well, now we have to try and... You know, and, and I, I remember talking to Tom Jones and he was yeah. at the Isle of Wight Festival and uh, it, we were having a lovely chat, but his uh, person, whoever that was, his manager or whatever, I think she was going to just jump into the camper van and wrestle him out. She was giving me so many kind of violent, like, uh, like yeah. gestures and I couldn't stop him. I'm not going to go, sorry, Tom, because you're lady in the background. And there. he's happy <laughs> just like chilling and chatting yeah, away. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, we did have a, a mild incident with Debbie Harry, <laughs> the second one, actually. <laughs> Where she um, she banged her head coming out of the camper van, and we thought she'd really done herself a mischief. I mean, so there was that. It's a miracle she ever does anything with us. <laughs> I was to about to say. We've bashed her up. We've told. We <laughs> mugged her off. <laughs> Terrible. Why why does Paul keep coming back to you two essentially though? Like to keep going? No, because you've got a w- winning formula. To be fair. We. Why do you think you're so successful are at happy what you do? Not to drink in the evenings. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, Oh, there was that one year. <laughs> do you remember that one year we did like I think we had had a cocktail. We were watching. Yeah. Didn't you have flu? Didn't you have honest. terrible flu though? At yeah. The same that, time? Actually, that year I was doing Sky Arts uh, footage as well, so that was a, a bit of a full-on um, so you, weekend. So you, were, you were cheating on me. He, she had another um, radio TV partner. She had Sean Keaveney who was oh. doing the uh, who was doing the Sky Arts um, stuff side mm. of stage. So she was she was cheating on me with another, <laughs> what? another presenter. What? <laughs> running off. I think oh, I, no. I think I'd had a lot of sort of um, <clears throat> neurofen or ibuprofen, and um, and then I had a cocktail, and we came back, and I thought I'd be fine. But whatever I was saying, you were kind of looking at me going, no, that's not right. No, I think I, you repeated the same the story twice or something. I, I think you, yeah. you? <laughs> <laughs> <I think laughs> you went. And, and now it's time for some Primal Scream uh, from the main stage on the Thursday. It's time for some Primal Scream from the main stage on Thursday. I'm going, <laughs> control or delete. Control or delete. <laughs> Reboot her. There's a problem. Put the USB back in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, to answer your question, I think... Um, Pete and I uh, are quite rare, I think, in the radio industry in that we are genuinely best mates. And yeah. I hope that, that... I can vouch for that. I hope that that um, comes across on air, mm. basically. Um, you know, I can't think of anyone else I would rather do outside broadcasts with. Oh, okay. isn't that nice? That's so nice. <laughs> Your turn. Uh, uh, Sarah's all right, isn't she? Oh, what? She's all right. But seriously, I can't do it without Sarah because yeah, I was about Sarah's to... good at a job. Yeah. And I'm not. I'm uh, at some point someone will go tap me on the shoulder and go you've had enough Pete get off <laughs> get off the air mate what are you playing at is it the type of thing when like <laughs> exciting now isn't it because all the festival mm. headliners mm. coming in are you waiting for that email Paul to send you the email going right these dates you two paired up again we're going it's right in the middle of the World Cup isn't it this time round oh no we're going to yeah. lose oh is it <laughs> they usually put a big screen up though don't they down mm. line of white they do yeah that's true that's true I think, I think the one time England played and it was I think I think it was uh, Boy playing wasn't it so there's always a bit. I mean, uh, there's there's always a football thing. But what was the year that uh, you were doing like <laughs> you were doing penalties with? Um, oh, David James wasn't it? David James took a David penalty. David James was there, but also um, the darkness. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was it, was it, I always uh, that, that is to be honest. That is a real highlight of the Isle of Wight Festival. Though. 
there's always a goal up and there's always a football or a few footballs and the yeah. amount of times actually I do fall in mud quite a lot getting <laughs> getting footballs back from behind where they keep the boats it's really weird but that's you know the, the bands <clears throat> have a lot of time to kill so if yeah. they like uh, do want to you know have a kickabout before uh, before going on stage then, yeah. then great and it's finding that thing where what's going to be relative to the audience again or something different if you're not like a big yeah. muser when you're not yeah, tuning yeah, in exactly. you have to do so many videos now as well you know yeah. and um, so to watch I don't know was it Bastille doing a penalty shootout or whatever it was the last time? <laughs> like, you know, it's just a bit more, it just adds colour. Woody, Woody from colour. Bastille in the middle of the interview last year at the White Festival just stopped the interview and went, Pete, why are you not wearing any shoes? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, good point, we were in a field. And it had been raining recently. It's, it, it's because you've been having snoozed <laughs> in the camper van. Just... There's, there's a little, there's a camper van that doesn't get used that much, but Doris, it's like it's Doris. Yeah. Um, what you call, is that what you call your absolute camper van? It's a little, the, it's a little grey kind of, what they call those things, aerofoil. It's like an airstream, is it? Airstream, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, that's on a plane, isn't it, aerofoil? I, like, but it's so <laughs> quiet. Yeah. It's so beautifully quiet and you sort of sit and it smells like the 70s. And you're like, it does oh, smell like your nan's house. <laughs> oh, I'm just out like a light. It's like the most restful sleep. <laughs> so that's why he wasn't wearing any yeah, shoes. Yeah, that's why he wasn't wearing any shoes, yeah. Um, have you ever listened to any other radio shows or any other radio stations and you've thought, oh, fair play, they've absolutely nailed that in terms of they're out of the studio and they've done a wicked live OB there? I do like it when music stations have a crack at like doing something a little bit different because they're... They're so used to, um, certainly commercial radio, to be quite slick and stuff like that. And mm. to, to hit them out of that environment, you really sort of see the metal of the presenters, really. And, and you, you, you get sort to of the see... crux of it all. Well, yeah, you see some, yeah. You see some people, some mm. people just, you know, I can't do it, but I'm probably better than a couple, to be honest, probably because I've done it so many times every single year at the Isle of Wight. But, like, some people just can't deal with not being in a studio, not having their computer in front of them, not having uh, notes, not having, mm. you know, people feeding stuff in, into their ears and stuff like that. So, yeah, some people can't roll with the punches and I think you you find out who... Um, it does expose people, doesn't it? Who the presenters are. Like, when we do the rugby stuff, I literally just try and broadcast as if I am just like a punter. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like, I'll have my chips and I'm saying to Matt, be like, I'm going to toilet now. Like, you know, record me going for a waz. Like, and there's, <laughs> you know, there's girls in the, in the toilet and we're all talking about boys and like, who's going to, you know, pull <laughs> tonight and stuff <laughs> only because that's nice though isn't it because you're living yeah, what yeah. it's like but you're getting out there Paul, what it's like to be in Cardiff, there mate. I know you know what it's like <laughs> it's like you got um, in your head right one beeline moment the best OB that you've done together that you both think that was literally top moment for me yeah I mean I can't it's hard to pick any sort of Isle of White to be honest because they've all been good in some parts and you know less good in others but I mean it's certainly the highlight of my year I, I, I... is it is it the highlight of your year <coughs> yeah I think yes. so yeah. Oh, yeah. massively massively yeah, I talk about the highlight festival for like three months afterwards and yeah. if you want to check out the it's, it's November PS. stop <laughs> yeah. talking about the highlight festival November you're building That's up to the next one. <laughs> um, I do remember one specific day um, and, and not necessarily uh, on air but certainly off air it, it was a real favourite for me because um, it was my 10th anniversary of being at One Golden Square and I didn't actually know that at the end of the day I was going to be mm. presented with this card and, and so that sort of was a really nice ending to the day but it was also the day that um, Pharrell was um, Pharrell performed and I had to interview him and as I was waiting to interview him John Giddings who's the Isle of Wight Festival organiser said would you like to go on stage with James oh, yeah. and dance <laughs> and I thought I mean, every every inch of my body would have say, no, that will be awful. But then, <laughs> I am never, ever in my entire life going to have the chance to go on stage in front of 60,000 people, however many are at the Isle of Wight Festival. 
um, and dance with Tim Booth from James. So, um, <laughs> so I went, yeah, okay, yeah, let's do this. And it was Song. only when I was waiting to go on stage to dance with all the other uh, festival goers that I realised I was the only sober person there <laughs> and, and because I was working and everyone else was just, you know, and I, I thought, oh, this is, this is a mistake. This is a mistake. <laughs> but that said, I went on stage and I danced to Laid, which is a great uh, James oh, song. Oh, that's learned. And it was a real kind of moment. It was a real sort of festival moment. And so that day for me, uh, and then getting back to the hotel and, and you know, doing the whole uh, festival and, and I can't remember who was headlining that night because they all do sort of roll into one after <laughs> Seven years, but um, and getting back to the hotel and, and then people come full circle again soon, my, won't yeah, it? You'll yeah. have all the same headliners. Oh, this was eight years ago, and now again. Well, yeah, and, what, and genuinely, what is scary about that is um, John Giddings quite often comes in, and we do uh, an Isle of Wight Festival special show around Christmas. Mm. Don't we? we sort of look back on what's happened and then look forward to the next one. And there are so many memories I have that I don't realise how long ago they were. And we were talking about um, the Stones headlining and Amy Winehouse went on stage and sang with the Stones. So obviously that dates it straight away. I mean, that was like wow. at least, mm. I think, seven years ago that was. Yeah. Um, and you kind of go, God, wow. It doesn't feel yeah. like it was it was that long ago. But this year is the 50th anniversary, isn't it? So right, I think okay. it'll be quite special. I think yeah. That, do you remember when we did the... Um uh, I think the yeah that you went on stage. Uh, you also came out of the toilet with your dress stuck, tucked in your pants. But, <laughs> but, right, that's it. That's the highlights. There we go. But, <laughs> so you know, private for a part fall there, Sarah. That's true. Uh, yeah. Remember when we, when we did the Olympics? Uh, remember the Olympics in Hyde Park? Oh yeah. So I, was we doing, so I was yeah, doing that as well. That, yeah. I was there, and do you know what? For me, that is a big career highlight. Obviously, celebrating ten years on mm. air, and that hu- huge defining moment for me. Oh, and I loved amazing. it. I loved that whole time. And yeah. we had, and again, that's. So like we're a credit absolute like they literally don't they, they don't do things by house do they no they absolutely not yeah they really really do mm. and and it shows and mm. I just remember like they had that huge little area didn't they behind like Hyde Park the stage it was yeah. like what's mm. it called BT London Live or something yes. that's right yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and they had that huge like <laughs> they don't do things by half they had like this two story like porter cabin <laughs> and it was like they had a spiral staircase yeah. and everything didn't <laughs> yeah, they it was awesome it was so 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 good I don't good. think anyone had anticipated just how feel good that whole oh, yeah. period would it was going to be you know I think we all sort of approached it with a certain like especially in London like cynicism and then it was it was amazing like people were chatting yeah. to each other on the tube about about it it was just it was so yeah. lovely so and we have done that we every day weren't we yeah yeah it was so it was and so you, interview, you interviewed quite a few of the athletes on stage oh and yeah, stuff, yeah. 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 I do like stage announcements and stuff I remember doing one and I uh, you know it was it was fr- like it was waiting for the headline to come on. Basically, it was like nine nine o'clock, half past nine, something like that. And I think Jessica Ennis was just about to do her yeah. race. I came up on stage. I remember this. And Jessica Ennis <laughs> did her race. It wasn't clear who'd won the race, <laughs> but they just stopped the screens. They just turned the screens off. And oh, you no. had to, Paul so was like, "Get on the stage!" And so, literally, eighty thousand people. Like, and this was a free concert, so everybody went. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's just yeah. For, great for family. Just bring your kids down. Um, the whole crowd just bowing me <laughs> because I'd come on stage. Yeah, I remember this I was, so clearly. And I was like introducing, you know, some band, but they weren't like, you know, it, we're it, not talking it was, Queen. Was it like the, the enemy or something like it that, wasn't something it? something like that. <laughs> and like, oh, these people, but the I noise, came off. The noisettes. Was it the noisettes? I'm sure it was the noisettes. Wow. I'm sure. <laughs> like everyone's like, has Don't our golden gill won? Yeah, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> here are the noisettes. <laughs> Don't boo me. Stop it. Uh, it wasn't my fault. No, and, I, then, and then coming off stage, the, the drummer out of Dodgy went, ah, it was funny when everyone booed you, Pete, wasn't it? I went, 
<laughs> yeah, it was. You went, I booed you as well. <laughs> I had quite the contrast, though, because I think the following night, um, Usain Bolt had just won like his, his second gold medal in right. the 200-metre final. <laughs> and Feeder then were about to oh, perform. Cool. And one of my favourite bands, yeah. Welsh band as yeah. well. And do you remember it was all like Team GB? Like Everyone was yeah. like, yeah, we're from Great Britain. Like, And uh, I was like, Paul, I can't go on there and just like introduce them. He was like, get out there, sink or swim. And I, I remember it now because it was like such a lush moment. And I was like, who's Team GB? And they were all like, woo! And I was like, who's Welsh? And then a couple of people like, woo! Like, a couple of people in the back. I was Away. like, give it up for Feeder! It was lush, it was. And everyone was like high spirits because of Usain Bolt. But I remember that. That was a wicked couple of weeks, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah it Stop trying really to divide us. Sorry. We're Welsh. <laughs> I know. It Welsh. literally was. I didn't know really what to like say, but I just remember a couple Tackets of people... from Osaka, Japan, <laughs> for crying out loud. <laughs> Other words. Very true, very true. Who's Welsh? And then a couple of people like back in the bushes were like, Wee! What are they doing in the bushes, <laughs> Paul? I don't know. <laughs> They're from Cardiff, They're I do Cardiff. know. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, any, other, any other memories that stick out for you? Yeah, I mean, just I mean, I mean, those ones. We did uh, hard rock as well in uh, sort of interviewing Peter Crouch and Miles Kane oh, yeah. and stuff like that. But <laughs> when you do these festivals, like loads of time, you're like, I end up interviewing the same, not the same people, but like I, I get some kind of camaraderie with them. So if I see them out, like in a pub or something, I can have a chat with them. You know, yeah, it's quite yeah, yeah. nice. And I'm terrible at making first impressions. So like, <laughs> it's actually quite impressive. If you're in a pub and like Tom Odell's over there. I go, oh, I was going to say a lot of Tom Odell. Oh, is that Tom Odell? Yes, it is. Tom Odell, very, very good, good friends. But it's just because like, because people, because festivals such a big thing for artists mm. now, and live music in in, in general is very big as well. People don't make quite so much money with the record, so everyone's just touring constantly and festivals such a big deal for for acts can you ever remember when you know you're doing these live ob's and you're sort of you know talking about connecting with the audience and stuff and yeah. especially in, in the evenings and when people are stuck at home and they can't get to these festivals do you ever like remember making an impression on, yeah. on people when they've been listening and then you've got some feedback from oh yeah definitely i mean i i'd, I'd say that happens every year to be fair like we'll get you know because that's the rewarding yeah, stuff, isn't it? Yeah, of course. It? And and people, you know, I, I'd say the majority of our listeners are gig goers, festival goers, or certainly yeah. were, you know, before the Little and came along or whatever. Mm. Um, You've got more gigs than I do. I yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> oh, um, we've been we've been doing all right recently, haven't we? Yeah. Sir, to be fair, we saw the phonics last night. We did see the phonics yeah. last night. <laughs> um, so, yeah, quite often you will get a text from someone saying. You know, I've got, especially if it's like a lovely, we've we've had, we've had been lucky enough with the weather with the Isle of Wight a, mm. a lot of the time. Uh, and if it's been like a gorgeous sunny day, you'll get texts from people who go, right, I'm sat in my garden, I've, I've opened a, a, you know, a can of beer and I'm, <laughs> I, it feels like I'm there. Yeah. Oh, and that, and that's when you go, that's, that's yeah. exactly what we're aiming for. Yeah, having a barbecue and we're on the background yeah. sort of playing, you know, sets from like last night or this afternoon, it's just, it's nice. When you do nail the, the sort of the live music aspect, um, You've got that enjoyment of, of 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 hearing the gig probably better than you would if you were there. Dare I say it? Like mm. the, certainly towards the back or whatever. Sometimes it's not not so great, but um, you know. And you don't have all these sort of the, the downsides of festivals like camping, which let's face it, beyond a certain <laughs> age loses its appeal. Loses its appeal somewhat. You don't have to queue for the portaloos. You know all that sort of <laughs> that side of things. Um, so yeah, I think that, and I think people appreciate that. They go, oh, you know, we're getting all the good stuff. And, mm. And I'm, I'm enjoying it from the comfort of my back garden, you know, with the barbecue on. So, mm. 
definitely. What is the main piece of advice? And I suppose, I mean, this is like getting into radio in general. So I'm not going to ask, like, how do you get into radio? But I suppose in terms of doing like live OBs, you're more sort of like roaming reporters, if you like. What would you say to someone who is trying to get into radio, but they want to be out in the field? They don't necessarily want to be in the studio. They want to help with like the the event side of things and, you know, maybe doing the live OB producing a bit like Paul or maybe, Mm. you know, doing the stuff that you do. Yeah, just get involved, I'd say. Like, Mm. you you, you know. Always, always... um, another hand is needed effectively yeah, especially if you know absolutely if you know and also i think i think it's advice for anyone wanting to get into, into into radio i've always sort of said it's just knowing the environment and sort of knowing when to pipe up know when to quieten down know when to kind of like don't not be there know when to be on hand and i think with with an ob everyone's just running around like blue ass flies everyone's just trying to clear some music before it goes on air it's, you know 30 seconds before it goes on air if you can kind of help grease those wheels a little bit you know, and just just offer to take a zoom zoom mic and go out and take some bloody vox pops. You know, they'll get you somewhere. Yeah, Do a yeah, bit of yeah. Filming, you know, just you know. It's, it is go- an intense environment, isn't it? Like on on an OB sometimes. It's, it's, it can be. Yeah, you got to be bullshit. Like I think I think anyone who's uh, got that kind of gift of the gab, who sort of just is a bit bullshit and sort of will go up to a group of people and go, lads, can we have a five minutes? Can we have a little chat to Absolute Radio, wherever? I think that's a really valuable kind of skill. I think in in, in that kind of thing, getting things done, getting things done quickly and quietly is 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 a real definitely. Skill. But you're right. It is high pressure and the amount of times we'll be you know waiting for some audio to to be edited uh, you know and the guys are working so hard to to, to turn the, this stuff around so yeah that, and paul so will be running over our clipboards and like going no not that one this, yeah. This one yeah, 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 and he's yeah. writing it in in front of you and you're then you're doing the link you're like going, and now it's time for bon rag and bon man <laughs> <laughs> you love doing these live obese you say it's the highlight of your entire year mm. going to the isle of white festival but don't you just want to just be out in front like a punter and that watch is, it that is the one thing that is <laughs> the one thing why don't you do thing. it this year so right I'm going to go, I'm going to leave saying, I'm going to stick her right in the middle. Do they do, is there mosh pits in the Isle of Wight Festival? So, for instance, uh, I think it would have been maybe the second or third year in that Pete and I were co-hosting and Pulp were headlining and Mm. Pulp just happened to be one of our combinedly most favourite bands in the whole world. So, the the kind of, (laughs) the kind of torture of being where we broadcast from, which is a good distance from the stage. Well, it has to be because if the, I think absolutely used to broadcast from right near the stage, and you just couldn't hear anything. Yeah, no, sorry, I, I, I used to do. I was there we, we, when I co-hosted with Ben Jones. <laughs> we were right, we were to the point that you could open the door and just hear the stage output, which obviously is not good because people could hear, you know, the Stones or whoever it was, and we we couldn't broadcast it at that specific uh, moment. Ah, sure, so, yeah. And then you're just sort of shouting. And actually, when we did Sky Arts with 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 Sean, we were shouting at each other. We couldn't hear anything because because it's so close to the stage, and mm. obviously you just kind of get get blown away by it. So we are a good distance away from the action, so that you you can hear and we can mm. hear ourselves think. But we were, we must have been broadcasting Pulp Live, were we? Because we. I remember we played Heads or Tails for one of us to be able to run down <laughs> yeah, and watch, and like, watch a, a song and a half. Oh, no song way. And a half. Yeah. yeah. Cause you get given oh, that's the, lush, though. Because you get given the set list um, before, and we kind of pretend we don't know the set list, but we, we, if we want them to know the set list, we can know the set okay, list, I okay. think. Um, and so we were picking out our favourite songs going, right, I'm, I'm going to be there for Feeling Cold Love. I'm going to be <laughs> yeah. there for this. I'm going to be there for... It's yeah. so hard. But yeah, that, so that is that is the one downside. Obviously, <laughs> a lot of the time we are so busy uh, and, and the whole team are so busy backstage that we don't 
always have a chance to enjoy some of the bands that we would like to. But that said, we we generally get out for the headliners, don't we? For yeah, a, yeah, yeah. For I mean, Paul said, so. right, you're you good for 45 minutes and yeah. we're like, do we need to go back now? So oh, Just one more cocktail. <laughs> How many links have we got? How much talking do we have to do? No, we'll have another one. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> All right, it's absolutely It's good that I want him to see you later, mate. I'm, um, I'm coming this year. Yay! Yay! I'm excited. The, f- the 50th Anna. Who's it? Kasabian's on Friday night, isn't so it? And then we've got Depeche Mode. Depeche oh, Mode. Kasabian, Kasabian, who are yes. amazing. But the, uh, the funny you know, side of broadcasting Kasabian live is they're a little bit sweary. So we uh, quite often have we to like even... dump the um... Yeah. How does that, how <laughs> the does that work then? Because you're obviously in some sort of delay. Are you even? Yeah. I or... guess. I don't. Uh, are we? Oh, yes, we are. Yeah. yeah. For the swearier for bands, Kasabian. I think. Yeah, for Kasabian. <laughs> 100%. But isn't that though, whoever's tech op in, in the studio back at Golden has to Square make a has to right? And okay. also, once you use the dump, you can't use it again because you lose that it's delay. Seven and you've seconds, got, and you've got to build it up again. You can't use it immediately. You have to wait a couple of minutes before it. A couple of minutes of, is it? Sort of works up again. I think it's things about two, yeah, two yeah. minutes. Ultimately, you know, we're broadcasting quite late. We always put the warning in that there may be some colourful yeah. language. Yeah. Uh, so you know, be prepared for that. But I, I think that isn't there one famous line that buzzed back to base and said something like, "Right, um, keep that." F- but dump that mother <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, you have, to, you have yeah. to just like well which one are we going to choose yeah. if they're like oh my god I don't think we've never I don't think we've ever had a C word have we had a C word before oh surely that would have been I mean, dumped like a, ASAP I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a naughty well, is there, that's a naughty isn't, isn't that just like if there was is one coming up and you'd already used the dump could you not just like if I'm you know not... the lyrics as well I think I think if, if it's in the lyrics I think you're fine but if what, it, it, what Sabian have put the C word in it in one of their <laughs> songs? <have they? laughs> like, what are they singing about? But you know That's what, my even, type of song. Even that in itself is a funny one because I've seen I've seen us get complaints about the fact that we're saying be prepared for yeah. swearing and you're mm. like you can't really win then because you obviously you have to give that warning that's why you're out there that's yeah. why yeah. you're giving them front row seats well, aren't there's, you there's you no know? watershed in radio but there needs to be you know some responsibility from from your side of things I guess mm-hmm. are Kasabian necessarily a band that under 16s listen to in 2018 possibly not it's more like a mid 20s kind of yeah, early yeah, 30s yeah. concern so you could probably get away with sort of going yeah, you know what this is all about. Yeah, <laughs> and we're not going to like yeah. rebroadcast yeah, it during exactly. the school run, yeah. so, <laughs> so yeah. we're fine. I remember my first OB, uh, it was another, another radio station, uh, Sean Keevan, he was on breakfast and he was uh, doing an OB from uh, the O2 in Angel. <laughs> I don't know why I said it, but he went, uh, <laughs> we just came off the back of a song and all he had was Sean go, how are we on, f- <laughs> 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 Welcome back to the breakfast show. Amazing. Like, I love Shorty. Yeah. Can I just say, I love that man. Can you tell your Danny Dyer story, please? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Da- <laughs> Danny Dyer was in on, on breakfast and he went... Uh, um, Someone produ- told him not to swear, right? A different producer, Paul, said, uh, all right, all right uh, Danny, um, if you could... Uh, we, we, we're going out live, so uh, if you could not swear, because he had a bit of a reputation of being a bit of a swearer, and he turned to Paul and went, oh, me, you're trying, you... <laughs> 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 I mean, to be fair, off air. Off air, off air, okay. You try, you. (laughs) I remember they played a a, a performance from. Oh, God, what was that band? Ah, same jeans. Got the same jeans. Oh, the view. Uh, the, the view. view. Yes. Very... Also, I interviewed them at BT Linden Live. So they are very strong Scottish accents, yes. right? And Scottish <laughs> people can hide swear words under everything. <laughs> yeah. You can't tell. And there's a bit in the song where it's like uh, someone that you don't know, and they changed someone that you don't know to some c word that you don't know, oh. and that was going out. Like, it went oh out like the whole song. God. Nobody noticed. Nobody all, of, noticed. all of Scotland's like, oh, this, is, this is nice. <laughs> spicy, isn't and it? Everyone's, spicy. Everyone else is like, I love this. 
<laughs> but then even in the UK, like the, you know, that word is used <laughs> off the border as just a you know, stop. You know, is it? Yeah, yeah. Well, more than you would sort of expect. I think. Term of endearment. Yeah, term of endearment. Exactly. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, all and, right, and guys. Long may it continue. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, um, we yeah. started with a <laughs> ended with I know. <laughs> Is the <laughs> going to stay in? I hope not. <laughs> Is there anything else that you want to add that you think can enlighten this conversation about live outside broadcasting? No, it's 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 probably a pain in the behind for everybody who has to work mm-hmm. behind the scenes. It's a pain in the behind for uh, Lisa who has to organise, you know, <laughs> porter cabins and kettles and. Percy Pigs for Pete, yeah. etc. <laughs> that's Pete's um, rider. That's my Percy rider. Pigs. Loads of Percy Pigs, but like because um, not- there's people who like will go to the Isle of Wight Festival like a week before you guys get there, isn't there? Yeah, Just setting set up, up. Set up. And, and at the end, where everything's, you know, occasionally when it rains, everything's a bit oh. soggy, all the cables, all of the ice at the end, and they've got to meticulously, especially the engineering oh. stuff, they've got to, like, meticulously put everything in very specific boxes because the next, because if they don't do it that time, mm. the next time they try and get anything out, it's just going to be an absolute, you know... Huge operation. The, the best advice, I genuinely think, is you just have to roll with the punches. So mm. if you're somebody who likes to kind of meticulously plan everything you just have to bear in mind that that might not happen Mm. this song might not get played um you know even to the extent that a couple of years back john giddings has had a phone call that morning to say that blur wouldn't be headlining yeah um because i think damon was ill was he um so you know and then obviously we we had planned to play blur live so actually as it turned out damon did go on stage i think it went it's uh, they weren't playing at all then they were playing for like half an hour uh, or an hour and they actually did the full set in the right. end and, and it was brilliant but yeah that would have been a big thing for us we would have had to have suddenly thought right what do we do for that like <laughs> you know hour and a half that we'd planned to play Blur what out, would so. you do though for like an hour and yeah, yeah the well, Donaldson Acoustic Hour <laughs> <laughs> go get the guitar yeah well we would have had to have done something yeah I don't know I don't know that didn't happen luckily but uh, brilliant yeah just, just just be willing to if you know if you're sent over one side of the field for one reason and then over the other you know have have a good pair of um, mud-proof running shoes, <laughs> and also the best toilets are found in the pubs. So yes, don't yes, use the that's very true. Yeah. Mm. Well, I hope the Pete and Sarah rain continues. Long may it do on Absolute, and uh, lush to have you on my podcast. Thank you so oh, much, thanks, guys. Thanks. Did you enjoy your first podcast? I experience, really Sarah? did. I've never said she mother. Did, she? on She's there. really good, isn't she, Pete? <laughs> She's done this. She's done this talking thing I before, Paul. <laughs> yeah. Outrageous, huh? <laughs> Thanks, Paul. See ya. Thank Love you. <laughs> so there you go. The wonderful Pete and Sarah from Absolute Radio giving us a, a little crazy insight into what it's like to do live outside broadcasting, more specifically, of course, at the Isle of Wight Festival. One thing is for certain, I'm sure you could tell as well, is that they have a right old laugh every single year. And that's what it's all about. The benefit of doing these live outside broadcasts, especially for us as well on Capital, is, you know, taking the show outside of the studio and putting it in an unusual place, whether it be a pub or a muddy field, and hoping that the laughs that you have transcend to the audience as well. So, um, hope you enjoyed it. Hope you got some good advice. Thank you once again for listening. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe, continue to download. And uh, we're going to be back next week with the Australian Radio Podcast. Podcast.
Um, very excited for this one. I'm going to be joined again by my co-host, my current co-host, Matt Lissack from Capital Breakfast. Um, it'd kill me if I did this Australian podcast with anyone else because he is a huge fan of Australian radio. And our special guest, which I've just had confirmed the last couple of days, we're going to be speaking with Kyle and Jackie O's producer. So this is someone who works with Kyle and Jackie O very closely on a day-to-day basis, someone uh, who comes up with different content for Kyle and Jackie O, uh, someone who's in on their, you know, planning and production meetings, uh, someone who can give us all the gossip from behind the scenes, you know, what it's like to travel the world with Kyle and Jackie O, be on one of the biggest breakfast shows in the world on radio, what it's like to work on Australian radio in general. Let's get to the underbelly of what it's like to work down under and also how they can get away with saying some of the stuff they do. I, I can't wait. I really can't wait for it. So to do that with Matt as well, who's super obsessed with Kyle and Jackio, will be very exciting to say the least. So that is all to come. We are halfway through the podcast series now. Big shout out to Omni Studio, also, by the way, from Australia, who are my podcasting hosts. So as I say each week, if you're listening to this on various different platforms, it's because of those guys and of course Radio Today for continuing to support this uh, lovely little journey that I'm on thank you very much to Stu and to Roy as well Um, we'll be back next week thanks once again see you then 10 things I love about you my decade in radio by Polly James supported by Radio Today